you're listening to episode three of season five of Partnerships and Possibilities, a podcast on leadership. In this episode, welcome aboard. Hi, I'm Sharon. And I'm Diana. And we're going to be talking about leadership in organizations. Leadership in organization happens at all levels and takes many forms. Sharon, it's a beautiful sunny day in Portland, uh, even though it's winter. And um, I've been thinking about the podcasts that we did last season, the top workplaces and top leaders, and thinking about sort of what else in that area is important for us to think about when we are leading an organization. And of course, you know, years ago, I had a, um, a thing I went around saying all the time, which was the corporation is a myth. I mean, it's, it's only a thing as long as we're all willing to believe in the thing. Because it's a it's a legal entity. I mean, right, it may, right, may right, be right, a building, right. but you may right. move out of the building too. Right. So, so what what the what the workplace is, and and you know the the idea of being a leader is that you've got to have people to lead, and there are going to be people in the workplace. For that to exist. You mean leaders have to have followers? <laughs> have to have followers. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, maybe it's a topic for another co- podcast, but I actually think it's very important for leaders to know when they move into followership and when they're in leadership and what that dance looks right. like. Right. But that's a topic for a different day. Um, I really like to talk about how do you get the right people in the organization so that you kind of have the the um, the ingredients you need to have a top workplace mm-hmm. and or to to be able to lead effectively you need folks that want to follow you or understand your vision or or you know really want to pitch in and contribute so how do we get those folks in an, an organization well, you know, I'm I'm going to kind of put my HR hat on here yeah. because, um, well, you know, I maybe our listeners don't know, but yeah. um, before I got into consulting work, I had spent um, quite a number of years um, in human resources, working for uh, several, with two very large, huge corporations. And one uh, smaller regional um, um, uh, retail operation. And, you know, I think that was a good foundation, actually, to learn about the whole, um, if you will, life cycle for an employee. So, So, if you look at the hiring process, when... Organizations traditionally would hire people for a certain job. Their major criteria back in those days was what experience base they brought with them. So if they were looking to hire somebody who was going to do, you know, uh, customer service, they wanted to hire somebody who 
had already had some kind of customer service, public contact sort right. of job. And even then, I, I, I thought there was something missing about yeah. that. Yeah. Because experience is one piece of your history. And, and I, I'm not saying it's not relevant, but for many jobs, I think what's more important is the attitude that you bring with you. And it's different if you're hiring a professional person who, who has to have a body of expertise uh, in order to do the job. I mean, you can't, you can't hire somebody who's just a nice person mm -hmm. to be your controller. They kind of have to be able to know what controllers do. Right. And I mean, that, that requires a skill set and, mm -hmm. and certain competencies. But beyond that, I think that ought to be sort of the floor. What you really need to be hiring for is attitude and, and how people, um, and, and, and to some extent, values. Right. So Herb Kelleher, years ago in the airline industry, really changed things when he said, okay, it's true, pilots have to have a certain competency. They have to have um, ratings and, you know, they have to be able to operate There commercial. are standards right, right, licensing. Right. Legally. And legally. Yeah, yeah. But, but I want pilots who are not going to be prima donnas. I want pilots who are going to be willing to sling a bag when they need to sling a bag. Um, I want flight attendants who I don't really care so much that they look perfect. I want them to make flying be a fun experience. I was just on a Southwest trip recently, and the flight attendant at the end of the uh, flight was saying, all right, we're, we're landing in Portland in a few minutes, blah, 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 and composed this little ditty that just had everybody cracking up um, so that, by the, you know, you walked off the flight smiling, thinking, no, that was kind of fun. And hmm. uh, it, was, it was sweet. He started that kind of um, attitude a long time ago, and, uh, and the, the, the big airlines thought he was nuts. And look where they are, and look where Southwest is. Yeah. I mean, people love flying Southwest. I go out of my way to fly Southwest, even though I can still fly almost for free to, to on United. But it is not pleasant mm -hmm. often flying on United. Um, it is fun to fly on Southwest. And there's a reason for that. The people they have hired come into that airline with a sense of commitment to team, mm -hmm. to, um, to customer service, that is kind of unique in the industry. Mm -hmm. And so right from, right from the minute that people are taking applications and beginning to screen people, I think the 
the mission, the culture needs to be embedded in every single process that touches a prospective employee and then a new hire. And, and then there are all kinds of other things that you can do to, to treat your employees so well that they can't almost help but turn around and treat customers right. well. They're right. happy campers. Everybody should be a happy camper. Right, right. Well, so um, I saw an article online on a website called TLNT, um, and the name of the article is How Do You Find and Keep Great well, People? Wait, wait, wait. What does TLNT stand for? I think for? it stands for talent. I think it's short for talent. Oh. It's an okay. HR website. Okay. That's my guess. Okay. That sounds like a good guess. It's kind of a talent management thing. All right. Um, but the ar- title of this article is, How Do You Find and Keep Great People Make Them Feel Special? Uh-huh. And what I was hearing in, in the story that you were just telling is this idea that, yeah, you may have a sense of the kind of culture you want and and that it's important to have also a sense of what are the attributes of a person who's going to fit the culture you want. Right. So you so you hire people for um, the the wanting to make the customer experience special in Southwest Airlines example. So so you you have to have an idea of what kind of people are going to help you build your culture. And then also make your hiring process reflective of the culture you want to build mm-hmm. so that so that everybody knows what they're getting into right from the beginning. Right. And um, I think that's a, it, it's in some ways kind of a flash of the blindingly obvious. Yeah. But in another way, I think it's not so obvious. I mean, I think it's a thing people take for granted. Right. Oh, you just hire this way. Right. You know, you use behavioral interviewing and you do this. So you do that. It's more like people focus on the mechanics of hiring. Right. As opposed to the heart of hiring or the culture of hiring. Right. And, um, and I think that's, that's really interesting. In this article, uh, Southwest is one of the organizations that they call out also Marriott which also is has a huge focus on kind of the customer experience and mm-hmm. what that's like mm-hmm. um, actually I was just in Nordstrom's um, yesterday uh, to return something and so I was down in the in the that area of, of Nordstrom's and the phone was ringing and the person who was answering it was saying, customer experience, customer experience. Really? Not customer support or customer really? service. Interesting. But custom- so, so I thought that was interesting that she would have, you know, by having to say that numerous times a day, you know, her understanding of what she's in charge of yeah. is the experience a customer is having. Right. Not what, you know, and... And who's, you know, who are the kind of people who are going to give the kind of experience that Nordstrom wants to provide? Well, my guess is they've thought that through. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. But but it's an interesting um, uh, just thought experiment about if I have this organization, 
who do I want to attract in? What, what, what's the employee experience I want them to have right. as they go through a recruitment and hiring process? Well, you know, think think about some of the material we've um, we've both read about in terms of a company like Zappos, mm-hmm. where um, they recruit people. Mm-hmm. To come work at Zappos, m- most of the people working there are on the telephones or mm-hmm. in the warehouses or whatever. I mean, it's um, it, it's not a public, um, yeah. you know, they're not they're not interfacing with the public in person. Um, yeah, not face to face. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty much telephone. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so, uh, or you know, via the website, right. um, but. They not only go through uh, a week or two of training where they're introducing the ten, uh, you know, the ten rules of Zappos and you know, and all of the all of the stuff that goes with that. But there is a point at which people are offered money to leave. Mm -hmm. You remember that? Mm -hmm. What is it? A thousand dollars or two thousand dollars? That if they think that they're not going to be able to fully embrace the kind of culture, the kind of experience, the kind of employee that Zappo wants them to be, they should take the money and leave. And some people do that. Mm -hmm. But if you refuse and you stay, you're, you're turning down free cash... Because you really want to bought be into you've really bought into this lock, stock, and barrel, and you want to be there. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a very interesting idea when you mm-hmm. think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I saw the same article you did, mm-hmm. um, although I didn't remember it was from that TLNT thing, yeah. um, where they were talking about. Organizations that use buddy systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so yeah. I really like that idea because yeah. you come into a new organization and it, it you know it takes weeks to kind of figure out if it's big enough mm-hmm. who's doing what and um, and how decisions really get made and all of that stuff. These organizations that are really committed to providing the best possible employee experience now are beginning to offer buddies right from the get-go, somebody who's been around for a while, who's responsible for partnering up with you and making sure you kind of get the scoop, you know where things are, um, uh, you know who to ask for what. And it's broader than just a buddy to teach you the ropes of your particular job. Yeah, how do you fill out your timesheet? Right, or, which I yeah, mean, I think yeah. I think most yeah. organizations do. Right. Um, they, you know, that's something they've been doing. But this is more somebody to take you out to lunch. One, I don't know. Southwest once a week. calls them cohorts. Cohorts. How sweet is that? <laughs> Very. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, you know, I think it's adding that element of play 
into it, you know, has, you know, some people might look at that and say, oh, that's, you know, that's so, that's icky sweet, you know, it's just mm -hmm. saccharine. It's like, yeah, okay, maybe, but it's also playful. And it also, just the fact that you're willing to kind of play around with words and talk about things that might have to do with emotions and feelings and, and people's sort of real felt experience as opposed to just their rational experience. Um, just the fact that you would acknowledge that is going to attract a certain kind of people into those roles and not others, which I think is, is, is a really interesting thing. Yeah. You know, you're reminding me of, of um, something that just happened uh, in my family that I, that I think is a related example. When I went back to school uh, to get my Ph.D., it made all the difference in the world that there was somebody in the program. In this case, it wasn't something the program set up, but it was just a personal mm -hmm. um, friend and, you know, somebody mm -hmm. that you know, Linda Crafts, who, who was in the same program I was in, but a year ahead of me. Mm -hmm. She served that role for me. Mm -hmm. She kind of, uh, if you will, pulled me along on her coattails a little mm -hmm. bit. And when I would get stuck, when I was in overwhelm, when I was like, really? How do they do this around? You know, she was there. Mm -hmm. My nephew, who started a PhD program in Syracuse last two years ago, didn't have that. Mm -hmm. And he's now left the program. And it mm -hmm. breaks my heart because he never had that kind of a personal connection that allowed him to get over the rough spots. Mm -hmm. And it made all the difference. Mm -hmm. um, and why would, I, why would we think an employee experience would be very much different than yeah. that? You're coming into a new culture there are expectations of you that aren't entirely clear. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of find where you're, you know, how to get grounded, mm -hmm. how to do what, you know, what needs to be done. Why would we not think that having that link with somebody you could go to other than your boss, right. which could be scary, mm -hmm. or in my case, other than my assigned mentor from the program mm -hmm. who who has the ability because they're an academic uh, you know they were mm -hmm. my uh, person who was going to say I was going to pass probation or we I mean it was too risky yeah to say certain things to that person but another plus odds are they were assigned a whole lot of people oh they were yeah, yeah. I mean they and had so like five minutes was, for me right Right. So to have a sa a really safe person, right, who was m my peer, right, made a world of difference, right. So uh, to me, this is a a brilliant strategy, and it I costs nothing, right. Well, and, nothing, and would, in the sense of of learning, pairing people up in that way. Somebody who's been with the company for a long time, who can, who can 
uh, well, or at least, you know, long enough, right, right, that they can communicate kind of the how we do things around here and um, as well, and then pairing them for a period of time. I think in the article they talk about like six months. So yeah. probably at least the whole probationary period and maybe right. longer. Right. Um, pairing them up with somebody who's seeing the company with fresh eyes and is going to be asking the naive questions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, that, and that's such a, a rich opportunity for learning on both sides. Yes, that's true. I, I didn't even think yeah. about that aspect of it, but that's true, but, too. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm finding that is is a... Uh, a, a really kind of a useful tool in a lot of ways of finding the way to to pair up somebody who's who really understands a process or an or an environment deeply with somebody who doesn't who's new to it and can ask those questions that sometimes illuminate things that nobody else has been paying attention to. So there's there's. There's some really interesting things there. I, I think about a lot of the companies that um, we've worked in in the past where we go in and discover that the way people are brought on board is, you know, with essentially, you know, a half-day orientation to here's how you fill out the timesheet and here's where your desk is, and, and then they're just left. Right. Sometimes they don't even have the equipment they need to do their job yet. Right. You know, they haven't been assigned a computer yet or they're, you know, in a queue or and they're just sitting there trying to figure it out. And and that happens I think more than more than we would like to think. Yeah, I do too. So so and I think this is another instance of um, you know, we have this American business culture, anyway, has this way of thinking about things as discrete events. You know, like change is an announcement. <laughs> right. Hiring is the day you show, you know, is, exactly. the, is the interview and then the day you show up and you're hired. Yep. And they, we don't really think of things as transitions, as, as fate, you know, as, as hiring this person is going to, yes, be the recruitment and interviewing, but then the bringing them on board is going to take some period of time. It's not just the first day they show up or the first week they show up or and, the fact that they went through the orientation right. half day. And, and I don't think that we do a very good job of understanding that we're not just hiring a person. Right. We're hiring a person and probably their family. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. So, so, um, just like, you know, you get, when you get married, you're not just marrying someone, you're marrying someone and their family, and that can be a good thing or not such a good thing. I think in most cases it's a mixed bag. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but what happens when we, we hire somebody and we don't in any way make provision for the family to to understand this new environment and mm -hmm. for us to know anything about yeah. who this person is that we're bringing on board other than what we see when they walk in the door. Yeah. It, you know, I, I just think that's 
an opportunity that we don't uh, we don't use often enough in a healthy way. And and you know maybe there's the once a year Christmas party or something. Bring your daughter to work day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what what if bring your child to work day was the very first day you came to work? Or uh, was during the very first week you came to work? That would be interesting. I mean, what if yeah, part of bringing somebody into an organization is bringing their family in to visit to see where they're going to be working so that they have just even a mental picture of where where mommy or daddy mommy, is. daddy, husband, uh-huh. wife, uh-huh. Whomever, you know, right. is is going to be working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think that's, you know, there's an interesting possible opportunity there that I don't know if anybody's really thought about. I think there are other things, too. I mean, it'd be interesting to, to spend some time. I, I showed up to... Um, as in my consulting practice, showed up at a company last week who, um, where, well, it happened to be last, well, no, was it two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, happened to be Halloween. I know. I was just yeah. thinking the same thing happened and, to me. It was and, the first time I'd been there. Right. And and all these people were in, were in costumes. costumes. And I thought, this is fascinating. I am learning so much about these people because of the costumes that they chose. I mean, there's a whole level of information there about who chose what costume, whether they came dressed or not, whether they thought about it in advance. It was very well, interesting to see that whole yeah. mix and to see how much fun. I mean, it, it, it really did my heart good to see how much fun everybody was having with it. And I thought, this is going to be a fun company to be working with. Uh-huh. Because, you know, that was just clearly such a thing. It's... It, I, I don't know exactly what's there, but there's something. Well, yeah, I, I was visiting someplace for the first time also uh, for a new client. Yeah. And um, it was also Halloween, and the families in that case were invited for a Halloween yeah. party. And so they were giving things out. Um, and they gave one little girl an adorable little fairy wand. And so I said to the guy handing them out, Oh, that's so cute. Can I have a wand? And he said, no, you're too old. I I thought, whoa, what does that mean? Yeah. I mean, it was very clear. He was, I was not getting a wand. Only the little girls got the wands. I was very upset. (laughs) (laughs) Playfulness only goes so far. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been interesting. I think there's a lot more to explore in yeah. this whole in this whole area. Um, and but I hope we've we've sparked some, you know, new thoughts, new ideas yeah. in the two of us and in the people who um, to our listeners. So, so I'd be really curious if anybody listening has observed a company or knows about a company that they think does a fabulous job of um, finding good people and making them feel special, you know, keeping them. What, what are some of the things that they've seen them do? Yeah. What contributes to that experience? So the whole recruiting, hiring, onboarding, that, that whole thinking of that as one process. Yeah. 
who does that really well? Yeah, I'd like to, to know that, that too. Yeah. So if listeners, if you if you know of uh, a place like that, please let us know. We we like to go visit places anyway. So um, we hope to hear from you. Please leave a comment on our blog or email us info at futureworksconsulting.com or find us on Twitter at futurewks. This has been episode three of season five of Partnerships and Possibilities. Thanks for listening.